pray. Father, do help us now to take in what you have to say to us, to be like those ancient Israelites who listened attentively and were touched and moved on hearing your word read to them and taught to them. So enable me to be a faithful teacher and your instrument in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is a sermon against spiritual snobbery. One nice feature of today's epistle is that it features talking body parts. I love that bit about it. First, we meet the sad body parts who feel left out. Verse 15, the foot who says, because I'm not a hand... I do not belong to the body. Or in verse 16, the ear who says, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. You know what it feels like to feel that way? To have toes when the thing to have is fingers. To hear when it's way cooler to see. The second talking body parts we meet are the mean ones. In verse 21, the eye who says to the hand, I don't need you. Or the, ha- the head who says to the feet, I don't need you. Do you know what it's like to see someone and think, I don't need you? Even if you don't say it, or even admit to yourself that you're thinking it. This might seem like the stuff of the school playground, but it's often the case that we never leave that behind. We're always finding ourselves on the outer, I don't belong, or patrolling the boundaries of who's important, who's in, I don't need you. It seems when you read 1 Corinthians, there was plenty of this kind of snobbery and exclusion operating in the church in Corinth in the first century, extending even to which gifts the Holy Spirit had given a person. It is a crazy thing, spiritual snobbery. God has given me the gifts that matter. Not you, though. Do you even have any useful gift, any spiritual power? I mean, it probably wasn't quite so crass as that. But the snobbery was there. Spiritual snobbery remains a problem, I suggest. You may know this, that human nature has not changed, and the same things these first century Christians struggle with, we may struggle with too. Today I want to look at, firstly, why spiritual snobbery is out of line, and secondly, being on guard against our own spiritual snobbery. So first, why spiritual snobbery is out of line. The spiritual snobbery that Paul is countering was, it seems, connected with certain spiritual gifts, especially the gift of speaking in tongues, which is a form of prayer and praise to God which is unintelligible both to the hearer and even to the speaker. Such apparently spiritual, almost supernatural abilities were thought to place, perhaps in Corinth, thought to place the tongue speaker on a higher spiritual level. We'll get more on tongues in chapter 14. It's not the last we'll come across it. But against the idea that there are levels, you know, higher and lower, there are circles, inner and outer, there are those who truly have the Spirit and those who, you know, it's not clear. 
Against the idea of a spiritual elite, Paul says there is one body, one spirit, shared by all believers. Verse 13, we were all baptised by one spirit so as to form one body, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Last week we had Paul's principle in chapter 12, verse 3, that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is necessary for anyone even to have a Christian faith. To make that basic Christian profession, Jesus is Lord, is my Lord. All who confess their faith by acknowledging that Jesus is Lord are baptised by one spirit so as to form one body. And this one body should not be divided, should not be cut up, stretched out and put in different categories. But the unity of this body, however, is not uniformity. The unity of the church is like the organic unity of a body, which is, you know, an interrelated set of parts, which in themselves might be very different from one another, but perform different functions, and all of them together contribute to a coherent, mutually sustaining whole life. That is the kind of unity that Christ's church has. The parts of the body are not equivalent For with our own bodies, some parts are robust, some more vulnerable. Some parts are presentable and others less so. And knowing this about the unity of the church, that it's like the unity of a body, this is where spiritual snobbery makes its misstep, its poor judgment. The eye imagines seeing is what counts and says to the hand, I don't need you. The head thinks that it doesn't need to go anywhere and says to the feet, I don't need you. The tongue speaker says to the apostle, I don't need you. The miracle worker says to the teacher, I don't need you. Paul perhaps had experienced a little of this himself at the hands of the Corinthians, even though Paul had planted the church in Corinth, some there had a low opinion of him. 2 Corinthians, a later letter, chapter 10, verse 10, Paul cites this opinion. Some Corinthians said of him, his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is unimpressive, and his speaking amounts to nothing. The Corinthian taste for sophisticated rhetoric in certain forms led them to devalue the very different, plainer approach that Paul took. And Paul was also conscious of how disreputable his way of life might seem to others. He was someone who apparently was always causing trouble. He was being pursued out of town and people caught him. They beat him up. He was being thrown into jail. He was having to work. He was poor. What kind of fellow is this? In 1 Corinthians 4, 9 and 10, it says, it seems to me, uh, Paul says, it seems to me, that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession like those condemned to die in the arena. We've been made a spectacle. We are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. However, the church is a body with many different parts, including the apparently disreputable and plain-spoken Paul the Apostle, including the tongue speaker. But all those parts 
God has put together. And that's the point. Whether the parts seem weak or strong, whether they seem reputable or disreputable, there are, they are there at God's design and plan. Verse 18, but in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Well, verse 24, but God has put the body together, giving great honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Verse 28, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Three times there, they have this common truth. God has placed the parts of the body. God has put the body together. God has placed in the church, first of all, second. And so spiritual snobbery is wrong because it misunderstands God and his church. It misunderstands the unity of the body, the various very different but interdependent parts given by God. So spiritual snobbery is out of line. Secondly, though, how do we stay on guard against our own spiritual snobbery, the temptation to it. Well, the Holy Spirit activates widely different things in different Christians. Spiritual ministry is diverse. Some Christians have a ministry that is dynamic, compelling, full of kind of charisma and zing and magnetic power. Other Christians have ministries that are rough and ready. They are plain. They're all about no-nonsense hard work and all-in self-sacrifice. Other Christians have something quiet and deep and serene and solemn about what they give and bring. Others have a gift that is just, it's hard-headed, it's strategic, it's practical and analytical. Some Christians serve up front, they talk, they lead, they teach, others serve in the crowd. They help, they support, they organise, they work. There are community builders who welcome and invite, who connect and bring people together. There are evangelists who are out there telling people about Jesus and you can't seem to stop them. There are leaders who take responsibility to help the church find its way forward in all its challenges. There are administrators who organise and maintain and make sure things are in place and functioning. There are creatives who keep things fresh and alive and have, make sure the old truths touch us anew. Right? Very different kinds of ministries. And it's easy for us to feel like some subgroup of that is the one thing needful. You know, as long as the preaching is good, that's all that matters. Or as long as the music is good, that's all that matters. Or as long as the liturgy is right, that's all that matters. Or as long as the community is good, that's all that matters. We take the attitude that putting time and money into preaching is a waste. Or putting time and money into music is a waste. Or putting time and money into the liturgy is a waste. Or putting time and money into community is a waste. When a church gets fixed on one function of the body, snobbery and trouble, division and alienation follow. We cannot fixate on any one bodily system or ministry. Not tongues and healings, not teaching and study, not helping and aiding, not giving and building, not evangelising. 
not maintaining old ways, nor pioneering new ones. All of these things are placed where they are by God in his church, and he has ordered them as he sees fit, and they all have their place. They all make their contribution. So let me finish by turning from the diversity of all that to the unity of the church. For in building the body that is the church, we read in verse 28 that God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers. And you might say, doesn't this undermine everything? That we have these first, second, third now? Well, these come first, not because they are everything, but because they convey the word of God. And it is that which unites the church. Apostles bear witness to Jesus. They testify to what he said and did. Prophets bring all this to bear on the lives of believers. Teachers explain and pass on this foundational faith and its way of life. They set out for us our shared conviction, the thing that gives us our unity, Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in him. And the faith of Christians... And our way of life is that we are one body. We share one Lord Jesus. We all drink of one spirit. We are one body and we also are many parts. And each part should have equal concern for the others. There's to be no spiritual snobbery. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have put each of the church's diverse parts in this one body just as you want them to be. Help us, Lord, to see the diversity and the unity, to value both, and not to have any kind of spiritual snobbery, looking down on one another or being anything less than entirely concerned for others and all that they do bring to our fellowship, to our church, to our common life, because you have activated their gifts in them. And so, Lord, give us this equal concern for one another and make us into the body that functions harmoniously and fruitfully. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.